Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang, everyone. How are we all doing? I'm your host, Mike Santaguida, and welcome back to the show. And we got an enormous episode for you guys here today. And man, I couldn't be more excited to publish this discussion I had with the one and only king of goalie gear, the man, the mystery, the legend, the goalie gear nerd. And you guys asked for a gear segment and I try to give my community members what they're looking for. And I've been anxious to record this one for a while now. And I figured what a better time to get a gear session in than right now with all the new sets and the NHL coming back. So I know you guys are going to absolutely love this near two-hour special today, and we dive into every major new set of gear, each company, what's going on behind the scenes, and I ask some seriously provoking questions on the state of goalie gear landscape in 2020 and what to expect in the future as well. Definitely listen to this one all the way through. You won't be disappointed. Shout out to my newest patron, Derek Namlik, who just moved to Mount Pleasant, North Carolina. And Derek has been a member of our community for a while now and just signed up for the hacker tier to work with me 1v1. And I appreciate the support, Derek, and I couldn't be happier to introduce you to the inner circle. Super excited to work together, man. So if you guys are interested in working together 1v1 with me on a much more personal level and joining my mentorship program that's growing rapidly, make sure to check out the details at patreon.com slash goalie hacks or click the link included in the show notes to join today shout out to our monthly neural tracker x league winners and man do we have a crazy good month inside the group shout out to nate bergen who officially set a new group record with an average high score of 3.65 crazy the previous group high was 3.55 and we thought that was untouchable but nate has been on the ntx for almost two months now and has nothing but great things to say about the positive impact it's had on his game in recent months. Excellent work, Nate. Keep up the hard work, man. And shout out to Jasper Vickman, who was actually an NTX giveaway winner, and coming in on the month as the most improved, improving about 144% from his baseline tests. And of course, shout out to all our runner-ups and all the rest of the members of the group. I'm incredibly happy with the focus, consistency, and support that we've been able to develop through utilizing the group chat. And NTX has become an integral part of everyone's training routines, and the feedback has been phenomenal. If you're looking for a cheaper alternative to the Sense Arena while getting the same benefits and results, the new VR-compatible NTX is definitely for you. So hit me up directly for more details on how to get started today. Last announcement, if you guys want to have an opportunity to be featured on our podcast Q&A segment, Head to speakpipe.com slash goaliehacks to record your questions and send them in for a chance to be featured on the show. And we have a few submissions now and are close to closing out this opportunity for the meantime. So definitely don't wait to take advantage of this opportunity to be featured on the show. Now, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I know you guys are going to love the chat GGN and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. I'm excited today to be joined by the king of goalie gear, one of the most notorious gear experts in the ice hockey goalie niche, the one and only goalie gear nerd. 
He's been around for almost four years now and provides the goalie community with tons of gear insights that you can't get anywhere else. I'm not a gear expert, but I know a lot of people have asked when we would have someone on the talk gear. And on this program, we listen to the community and we give the people what they want and who better to have on than GGN. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to meet you, brother. Pumped to have you on. And uh, I mentioned you prior to coming on to record that I'm not really a gear guy. Obviously, I love gear. I think all goalies do, but that's not necessarily my forte. I like to sort of stay in my lane and all my expertise relate to providing advice on the performance side of goaltending. So, No, no. I, again, I'm happy. Uh, I always joke around, you know, I think you are one of those uh, that is an expert on technique and uh, all the other you know, perhaps arguably more important parts of uh, the game. Uh, I, uh, for some reason, have always got obsessed with the other side of things. And uh, uh, that's what I focus on in terms of the gear. Yeah, well, to be honest, I, I had gear issues like over the years. I wish I would have known more then between like glove breaks and pad breaks. And, you know, like when I went to college, there's all this pro level customization options, which we didn't really have before. And I was just drowning in it. I was drowning in options and, and I got put into some bad spots, honestly, with, with getting the wrong glove breaks and even pads and stuff. I, I used to wear like, you remember Reebok, like X-Pulse pads? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was sort of like you pick it off the shelf back in the day. And then when I got to college, I was like, man, I don't, I don't even know what I use or like what I want. You know, I'm sure that you encounter people all the time asking you questions, right? Well, and, and, and I had the same experience. I'm a little bit older, so but I had I, a similar experience. And really, back in the day, quote unquote, there weren't a lot of resources out there uh, in terms of in terms of the gear. You maybe could get your hands on uh, the company catalogs, but more likely you could maybe get the retailers' catalogs, and they're just listing the specs. And you know, they're these huge financial investments, and you know, you you shell out a lot of cash, or your mom and dad shell out a lot of cash. Uh, for a new set of pads and you get them and you realize, whoa, these don't work for me at all. You really don't have the option then to turn around and buy a, a new set. And there's not a lot of trial and error options out there, you know, again, quote unquote, back in the day. Uh, and definitely a lot of what I'm, what I've been trying to do with goalie gear and is kind of be a resource uh, to people to say, Hey, okay, look, here are the distinctions between the various brands, the various specs, help them make a little bit more of an informed decision when it comes to buying new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And maybe we can just dive right in and, and start off, you know, maybe you can just give us a bit of your hockey background if you feel comfortable and then, you know, just diving into the origin story of how goalie gear nerd started. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh gosh, been a goalie for 30 some odd years, 30 plus years, still play uh, a couple times, a couple days a week. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, um, really was, I always tell the story that, you know, the first time I had any exposure to hockey whatsoever my mother collected um uh, uh trading cards she had a picture of kirk mclean kirk mclean when he was in his black vaunt legacies and the, you know the the iconic uh canucks um jerseys and i remember vividly looking at that card going i don't know what this guy's doing and what the sport is but he looks awesome yeah and uh and so kind of started falling in love with the sport and uh, at a young age, got to got to skate out and play goalie. I was a pretty good skater. I, I, I averaged a goal over a goal a game. I was pretty good at it. I was a horrible goalie. And at the end of the season, <laughs> I told my parents, you know, I really don't want to skate out anymore. 
uh, and they said that doesn't make any sense, but okay. Uh, and kind of went on from there. So I, I played, you know, pretty competitively all the way through AAA and everything like that uh, into my later years. Uh, and then I think uh, the, you know, the lack of talent caught up with me probably. Um, but I, but really at that point, I actually, as a 16 year old, got my first job and it was at a hockey shop. And um, I had been obsessed with goalie gear and I was that kid that carried around those catalogs like I was talking about with me and my backpack. Yeah. Wherever I went and we went to a restaurant, there were no iPads back then. So I would just sit and look through them and working at that hockey store, having these parents come in saying, you know, little Johnny needs a new set of leg pads and I'm gonna have to shell out at that time, which was six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars and realizing that I actually had this depth of knowledge on this very obscure topic and very quickly found out that that actually provided some value uh, at the retail level. So I worked the retail level for a long time and then worked in the industry uh, for, for various gear companies and then uh, ended up starting a goalie gear nerd about four and a half years ago. But no, about four years ago. Yeah, yeah. And how come, you know, I'm just curious what drew you into, you know, how come you just had such a strong passion for the, for the gear side of goaltending? Was it, was it more than just the look of it all? Yeah, I think it was I, uh, part of part of it is the aesthetics. It's so unusual for all sports, you know, um, that that goalies use. You have so much gear. I think secondly, the fact that goalie gear is it's such so different in the sense of compared to other sports in the set, fact that it's both function and protection. Typically, it's either one or the other. You know, um, a catcher in baseball is wearing, uh, you know, he's wearing leg guards and a chest protector. But really, uh, more or not, he's not really intended to stop the ball with that. It's the glove. And the glove is really the primary source for that. And a bat is purely for function, not for protection. For, for goalie gear, it's, it's the tools we do our job with, and it's the tools we use in terms of protection. And I think that also, lastly, in the last, you know, again, 30, 40 years, um, now that when customization of the gear um, became so prevalent, just in terms of colors, the fact that you could have, you know, everyone always looks at the mask art, and I think I love the mask art, but the fact that you can also completely customize the look of your gear, and it's so individualized and so reflective of the person behind the mask. I think that's so, so interesting and so unique and specific to hockey goalies. Really, there's no yeah. other, there's no other sport out there where, you know, again, that you wear this much gear that's so customized to the specific individual uh, and in a very, um, in a sport like hockey where we're very team centric, we, not I centric, I just always thought it was kind of interesting that you have this kind of one outlier being the goalie that is really, <laughs> everything he's wearing is really about him. Yeah. Or yeah. Her. It's sort of, uh, it's like your, it's like it, your style, it's, it, it tells people what you're like almost, like what's your identity, right? Right. Exactly. It is, re- it is a reflection of, of, of who you are to a certain degree, of course. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I want to jump right in. Obviously, I, I you know, we got a, a lot to go over. There's a lot of new gear coming out. Um, it's already out, but we're, we're going to work our way sort of head to toe across the board. I want to get your opinion on, you know, certain companies, certain pieces, you know, sort of the landscape and uh, what are the some of the biggest changes coming? Where are the biggest issues and, and where are we heading? And maybe we can just start off with probably the biggest, you know, gear hot topic of the year. And that's the faves splitting from CCM. And I'm just curious, why exactly do you think they ended up splitting? So um, it's 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 interesting, and it's um, 
I'm I'm fortunate to have relationships with both CCM and Lefebvre, and I've had those with them prior to this and kind of post divorce, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. And I and I I've said this once, and I'll say it a thousand times. There are really good people at both companies, very smart, yeah. um, uh, committed people to goalie um, in in both places. I think that um, you know they had a very long standing relationship, and the way the relationship was structured. Was it Lefebvre was you know very much an integral design partner uh, and critical design partner for yeah. um, several of their lines, um, you know it, specifically pads, glove blocker, and helmet. Now CCM always has done uh, design in house for the chest protectors, pants, skates, sticks, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know there's a lot of things that went into quote unquote you know the divorce. Uh, at the end of the day, I think CCM is is wanting to you know, uh, take a different direction, obviously. And you can very much see that with the Axis line. Um, And I think that for a variety of perhaps macro and microeconomic reasons, uh, it made sense. Um, And um, it it really was the last, those types of relationships um, are not completely atypical. I mean, you've seen those kinds of relationships before. Bauer had something somewhat similar with JRZ and various Mm -hmm. other companies have had a somewhat similar model. So this is just the most recent example. Um, you know, but both, so both companies have gone their own way and I think, you know, both companies are still going to have, have success. Yeah. So that's, uh, I, I always thought it was maybe some type of, uh, financial discrepancy where, you know, maybe Lefebvre thought they weren't getting enough or whatever it is, but it's interesting that you say, you're saying it basically came down to sort of a style in that direction. Like they almost wanted to go more in, in like a Bauer style direction. right? Well, I would say that I think that there's a lot of things that played into it and I, and I, I can't, there's some things I, I, I don't yeah, want to yeah, yeah. Got a turn, sure. of course. Um, I, I think that the way the, the contract was structured is they were, you know, set to renew at the end of last year, 2019, and they just couldn't come to terms. You know, it, 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 I, it wasn't that CCM didn't kick them out the door and Lefebvre uh, did not, uh, you know, just say, no, we're leaving. It was nothing yeah. that, um, uh, they tried. that simple. They, they very much, both groups really up until the 11th hour tr- were trying yeah. to work together to find some type of, so, some type of arrangement. But I think again, you know, at the end of the day, the, the companies are just heading in different directions in terms of yeah. where they, they wanted to go in the future. And it just didn't make sense to partner anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And you pointing that out with sort of the, the, just the style of the new models is, uh, sort of speaks to that a lot, but I'm just curious, um, you know, how do you think CCM is going to fare with that Lefebvre? Do you think they'll be able to sort of accomplish and compete now that they, they went out on their own? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I don't think CCM is going anywhere. I think some people have been very interesting in their, their comments. Um, but the reality is that, you know, my, my grandkids and great grandkids someday, they'll, they'll be going into hockey stores, Mm-hmm. Uh, and CCM will still be available. It's a, it's a very storied company, again, run by very smart people and very passionate people. And specifically, I know the goalie department very well, and I really, really like the people that, that yeah. work there. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to be, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be just fine. And, you know, you see with the access line, they really are trying to take a big step forward in terms of innovation and the access yeah. pad is completely um, you know it's, it's a big step in that direction and i think they're gonna be fine i think that lefebvre will will be as well i think with the uh, success you've seen them have already to this point at the pro level um i think you uh, i think they're here to stay mm-hmm. do you think uh, ccm's a bit a- ahead of the curve with with their model a bit um 
it, it's hard because I haven't. I have the only way to to make that to say that statement with any kind of authority. Um, so is you'd have to compare the Axis versus the L twenty point one Lula Fabes okay. new model. Yeah, yeah. So those are both models that both companies have come out with independently, if you will. Um, so without having to be able to, to compare the two, it's it's hard to say definitively because, yeah. and that's one of the narratives I think that has been. Um, I think unfair to Lefebvre, actually. I, you've seen a lot of the NHLers who had historically been in um, Lefebvre-made gear with the CCM name um, going now to an unbranded pad that was been made by Lefebvre through Lefebvre. And people mm-hmm. are saying, well, that's just because they're familiar with it. And I think that's true to some degree because pros are very reticent to change their specs, especially midseason, kind of when the contract ended with yeah. between the two companies but also i think it does a disservice to the fact that lefebvre came out with the the 20.1 which has um some really unique specs it's a new calf system and you see guys like crawford verlamoff riddick tried it um i'm forgetting a couple now um and those guys are you know they're trying a, a brand new pad and they're liking it and they're using it and, and i think that does a disservice to lefebvre saying oh well they're they're only with lefebvre because of familiarity i don't i don't think that's true also, on the other side of the coin, the people that have said, oh, the reason you don't see as many Axis goalies wearing Axis or really any NHL goalies wearing Axis aside, aside from Soros, that's unfair. That's, an, that's a false narrative because this gets a little into the weeds here. CCM mm. didn't give uh, the pros the option to trout Axis until they were dro- around the time they were dropping it in retail, which is going to be around the May time frame, uh, April, May, uh, which is very late in the pro season, and they're really not going to change things and the axis is a different pad um yeah. than what most of them are wearing so th- people are saying oh well, the fact that you don't see all these pros switching to axis which is uh-huh. a follow to the premier line not the e-flex um which is also yeah. is, i think critically important i think that's that's completely um erroneous to, to some try to draw some conclusion from that yeah wow i love it man already providing tons of value great insight buddy um I'm just curious in your opinion, if you feel comfortable just going into 21, 22, you know, who do you sort of see as, as who's some of your favorite gear companies maybe going into, you know, the next few years and and why, if you don't mind breaking it down. Yeah. So, um, a lot of, a lot of things are happening. This has been really for, for again, for nerds like me that, that obsess about, about this is, this has been an exciting, you know, 24 months. It's really been exciting few years. I'm really excited to see what Bauer is doing in 2021. Now, obviously, I can't talk. I, I, I am fortunate enough that I can get peeks behind the curtain on certain things and yeah. have some insight as to kind of what's coming around the corner. Um, and I can't speak to specifics. But, uh, but what's been interesting with Bauer this year with their ultrasonic and what will happen next year with their 2021. So they, they, they like most companies, run two families of gear. They run Supreme and they run Vapor. Yeah. And, and so every, you know, every other year, one of them gets updated. And so you have the first iteration of the 1S and then the 1X, the Supreme and the, the Vapor. And that was after the Odin project. And that was a really big paradigm shift for Bauer, really a true commitment to, to innovation. And it has really been the beginning of a whole new way that they build their their pads, their gear. And it's been really amazing. The first iteration, the 1S and the 1X was, you know, really almost kind of a quasi proof of concept. They were getting it out in the market. It was well received. There were some challenges. Uh, that they are the first to admit the the two S and the two X were really the um, refining, I think, the various lines. Now with ultrasonic this year and what they will bring out in 2021, it's really what I've been calling a return to innovation. It's really them saying, okay, 
now we really have these lines dialed in and this, these big steps we've taken. So get, let's go, let's go push this further. And the ultrasonic, you know, the big thing that they did this year with it is this, um, the stable slide knee, which really keeps the, the, the knee block completely. The knee block is actually built into the face of the pad. It's, it's completely perpendicular. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it pr- completely prevents over rotation. I think people are, I said this, I've said this a couple of times, are not making a big enough deal about that. A bunch of pros have already got it in their pads like Lundquist. Um, uh, and he's, he's very, 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 um, um, reticent to change his specs, but even he has a a new set with the stable slide knee. That's a big, big, big deal. So if they can, if they can make a similar push in 2021, um, uh, as they have with the ultrasonic, I am really, I think it's going to be, it's going to be really, really, really exciting. Yeah. And who are maybe two other ones, your favorite gear companies? So CCM, obviously, with the Axis has been, uh, you know, that's been big. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's really, it, it, it's important to understand what they've essentially done is bring their, they have had a design team in-house that's been, again, building several of their products. Now they're bringing all the design work completely in-house. The production for everything except for, uh, you know, the D1 guys, pro guys, CHL, um, except for those small exceptions that that were built in the Lafay factory up until December. Um, everybody else is, is getting the same stuff that they're always getting, built in the same factories. Mm. Um, and um, I think it's one misconception that people think. Yeah, that, totally. Yeah, the stuff that you're buying in retail, is, it's exactly the same uh, as it was. Um, now with access to something different. So what, what CCM is doing with time is, they, is this – the life cycle of design is 18 ish, 24 ish months from paper concept to you're seeing it in stores. So the more time that CCM is going to have where they're completely owning the, you know, the design through and through for all their products and their portfolio, I think it's going to be really, really, really interesting to see what they do. Um, so I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. Um, mm-hmm. Third company. Hmm. Um, I, I, I'm always a fan and I always kind of harp on them a lot, uh, is, is warrior. Um, right the, on. The, the guys at warrior are so smart, so good at what they do. Uh, Pete Smith and Neil Watts, the design guys are just, they think about everything and they're, they're hardcore goalies and they, they are, they're hardcore designers and they, they just, like I said, get up, you know, really into the nitty gritty. And, um, I, I love what they do. There's always, uh, a really um, logical story behind every spec. And so even when I'm looking and going, okay, so why did they do this? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, it's really, really, really uh, cool. Uh, and I'm always with Warrior. I'm always, you know, like, okay, what what, what rabbit are they going to pull out now? Yeah. Um, and it's always, it, it, even for someone like me that obsesses over this stuff, they, they, they take me by surprise. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I, I mean, I, uh, we'll get into it maybe later, but, and, um, but I'm just curious with warrior. Why, why do you think they don't really get maybe the credit that they deserve if the, you know, with, they don't get that same attention that like the faves and the CCMs get. Is it just because of the NHL? You think? I do. It's funny when I launched, um, go to gearner.com, the, really the first article, um, I put out there was the, was the story about warrior and yeah. why they don't do the NHL side. So for those that, that don't, don't know, um, you know, they, they just made the decision five, six years ago um, to not only forego not paying the logo 
for their uh, their goalie gear because the way the NHL works is that you pay a figure for every category prod category um yeah. uh to show your logo so that's for example for vaughn a couple of years ago they decided to stop paying it for mask and for sticks so you start mm-hmm. seeing guys like colin delia uh like all of a sudden having to spray paint you know yeah, sticks yeah. and stuff like that so um we made the decisions that we're not we're not we're not going to pay that we're gonna put that money back in innovation and not only that you know you have to have a pay for reps like like bauer has two dedicated goalie reps that are out in the field that are servicing pros things like that that's a huge amount of overhead and that all goes to your price tag. Um, yeah. So, so we made the decision. We're going to go ahead and um, put that back into the business. Now, the problem you run into is a perception issue is because as we talked about at the beginning of this, yeah. very few people are um, obsessed over this like I do. And so when, you know, again, little Johnny needs to go get um, new pads, mom and dad go in there and they go, Oh, warrior. Um, and they don't say, well, if it's so great, then why isn't Carey Price? Where, yeah. where it's so great, why isn't Jonathan Quick? The um, branding side of it, right? Exactly. Um, so, and that's that's completely, again, it's a business decision they, they made, and it, may, uh, it makes complete sense why they did it. But I think yeah. that it's hard for them to overcome. You have to be informed and kind of understand that. I always say that, you know, in terms of market share, I think market share can be an interesting barometer. But you have to be really careful when you look at things like that. If you mm-hmm. thought about that in other contexts, if you say, well, what restaurant sells the most food, they must be the best. McDonald's would be the greatest restaurant of all time. Um, so, so I think, again, you need Great to be, analogy. yeah. So I think that if you, you need to kind of get into it more and then you can kind of understand um, yeah. kind of, you know, the story behind it. Yeah. No, I love that you shed some light on that. And I just I've been playing minor pro the last few years, and mm-hmm. uh, they have all of the the contracts. Um, at least in the SBHL, the ECHL guys can do a little bit more. Uh, there's a little more flexibility there. But uh, no, I was inter- a few years ago when I first sort of got into the the minor pro leagues. Uh, they they were given like gear and all this stuff, and then I started to really perk up a bit to them, and I noticed that. They weren't really in the NHL much. And I'm like, well, why is I think I saw like Clemenson was like the last yep. guy in the NHL to wear them. Am I wrong? Uh, I think I, technically I think it was Tim Thomas. He had a trial. Oh, right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's good. I, I, I you know, I, I don't have much experience with Warrior other than the sticks. Um, but it's it's an interesting topic to to discuss. So I appreciate the insight. But of course. I want to dive into LaFave stuff, you know, to start off. Yeah. Um, because everyone is just talking about how, how, you know, how great it feels, how awesome the new stuff is. And, you know, what are the, some key differences in their new gear that separates them from the rest of the pack you think? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so, you know, it's, they, they launched four lines when they, when they broke away, uh, 80, the L87 is really kind of an homage to their original lines when they first kind of came out back when Patrick Waugh was wearing their pads and, yeah. and it's kind of an homage, um, to that, uh, their 4.1 and their 12.1 are essentially the premiere and the E-Flex respectively. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously again, they were really key in helping, uh, with those lines. Um, and so that's really the, the lack of a better word chassis or or what have you that they're using that they've been using to for those lines it's interesting that they're actually already updating the 12.1 which is their e-flex essentially um to a 12.2 um so you know they've already talked about that publicly so they're really kind of continuing um continuing on 
And then again, as I re- referred to earlier, they ha- they came out also with the, the 20.1, which I was really surprised that they were able to come out with a new line as quickly as they did. Yeah. Um, I think is obviously something they had been working on it though, in fairness, and, and, and they had been working on it for prior, much prior to, to um, the divorce, yeah. uh, if you will. And the big thing with that, and they actually posted a great picture of it today, is they have something called the fast rotation system, which is mm-hmm. essentially kind of a calf lock system. And what that does, it holds the entire pad up higher on the leg. So when you are dropping into a butterfly, your boot goes all the way down to the ice. You can get better engagement in butterfly slides. So by holding the pad up, uh, higher up on the leg, kind of on top of the skate, um, you really get, uh, there's a huge amount of performance advantages. And there have been people have been for a long time playing with, you know, how to do that. And you think, you see things like, uh, the professor strap or the RDS or yeah. the, all the companies have different names for it now. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's essentially somewhat trying to go for the same thing. Uh, Lefebvre's is really, they call it the fast rotation system. And that's, that's, um, like I said, been a big, big, big difference. And, uh, for them, and that's been, uh, really kind of fascinating to see. And that's why, again, I, to my surprise, you've seen a lot of pros already really getting into it and, and liking yeah. it. Is that is that a, a patented by them? That's not really in any other pad system yet. Uh, specifically, as it's engineered, I don't know if it's. I don't want to get in legal trouble here, so I don't know if they actually. Yeah. It's, it's proprietary <laughs> to them. They're the only ones that design it the way they do. It is different yeah, yeah. than the quick motion strap system that CCM uses. Uh, and you know, it's. A, I will say, to CCM's credit, that that same system, which they actually refine more with the axis, I like it a lot. I like it a mm. lot. Um, it does something similar, similar intent, uh, in terms of kind of really putting the contact point in an optimal position on the leg to allow for, you know, that's the, the thing with leg pads is you're always trying to fight that. Um, do you, you want performance and response and you want rotation. So if you Mm -hmm. make the pad very, very loose, you're going to get rotation, but the pad's going to be swinging around your leg. You tighten it way up. The pad's going to move with your body, but it's not going to rotate. And so like the quick motion strap um, is and all the various other names that the companies use. You know, that's the idea is, okay, put it at the top of the calf, hold the pad up on the leg, uh, and this will let the knee above you rotate, and then, but it will also give you more of a contact, a firmer contact higher up on the leg, which make the pad more res- uh, responsive to your movements. Yeah, that's a great break. Because I, I just keep hearing about this calf rotation system, and uh, when I first got into CCM like 10 years ago, that just having that leg channel was just sort of, uh, I think I came off like wearing a, a Bauer 195 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like going to the Reebok Premier 2 was like the first Premier 2. It was yeah. just like crazy. It's just fit like a sock from day one. <laughs> yeah. No, those are, oh gosh, those are great. Those are great, great, great pads. Yeah. Do you do you think they'll ever bring something like that back, or are we sort of beyond uh, that that channel now? In terms of sorry, uh, sorry, I don't, didn't quite follow. Well, I'm just curious because I feel like now with the old Reebok series, it was way more open. Oh yeah, um, a calf system, and now we're we got all these straps around the calf and all this stuff. Like, do you think we'll go back to that, or we're beyond that? Like, this new system is better. Yeah, I, no, I it it. It depends. I think that you see a lot of companies um, are – it's less 
you're right in the sense that it used to be uh, the logic was, okay, let's make the leg channel as wide as possible. So you get yeah. the leg moving around as wide as possible. But we were still going to throw a bunch of leather straps on there. And then you had companies going, well, forget the leather straps. Let's put a bunch of Velcro on there. And, and they've gotten much, much more intuitive in terms of how they set up the straps and what are the straps you need. I think my Bowers, my, my ultrasonics, I literally have three on my leg. I have three straps. I have right. my, the, um, the uh, I have the, uh, oh, I gotta remember their name for it now. Hold on. The, I think it's the quick connect or the connect strap. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up the name now. And I, I'm going to keep kicking myself. <laughs> but it's essentially the professor strap at the top of the calf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have a lower calf and then I have a calf wing and that's it. Then I have my toe. Um, you don't even need the knee block strap now because of yeah. the, the aforementioned knee block system that they have, which is, which is crazy. Um, right. you know, and I think the companies have been really, really smart in terms of, are trying to be a lot more intelligent in terms of how they set their strapping CCM a few years ago, partnered up with a gentleman by the name of Ryan frame, who's a PhD in biomechanics. who's working on his PhD at the time. Hmm. And, uh, he's a super interesting dude. And he has done a lot of studies with them and he's published studies, uh, on, you know, how does the strapping of the pad affect the velocity when your pads are dropping and how, what is various small, what we think is maybe small changes to a pad. How does it affect how the skate interfaces with the pad and things mm -hmm. like that. And, 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 you know, the fact that CCM is going to those lengths to get a PhD and putting them in their lab to do all these really sophisticated studies uh, is just, it's really, really interesting. So will we return to the big leg channels and, and, and stuff like that, like the P2s? I mean, I think it's more about being more selective in where everything goes versus, right. you know, where we were before. Um, but you still can get wide leg channels. I know CCM and others, CCM specifically, since you mentioned them, they do still offer a lot of customization options and that there is a very wide calf or there's a very wide leg channel option. But I, again, I, I encourage people to put the quick motion strap on it because that's going to be, uh, you're going to want that as well. Yeah. Well, before we move on from Lefebvre, I just, uh, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if, you know, cause I just get a ton of questions from people even asking sure. me like, Hey, what's the difference between all the, all the main sets and you sort of alluded to it uh, a little bit before, but if you could just briefly maybe break down quickly, what exactly, who is, who is each set for and, and how does each one feel? Okay. So, um, yeah, that's a good question. So if you look at, if you look at how the one with Lefebvre is that you, you have a lot of custom options uh, you and, and like all the companies, I should say, but Lefebvre does it very, very well. Um, so all of that, everything I say is kind of with that caveat, you know, each line has a glove break that's specific to it, um, but you can customize and put a different break in. That's not that big of a deal. You right. know, in terms of, you know, who's, if you're looking for a truly, you know, top of the line, innovative pad, the most innovative pad, that's the 20.1. That's the, someone who's saying, I want something as innovative as possible. It's going to hold the pad up as high as possible on my leg. I don't care about knee rolls. I want something that is the most modern pad out there. That's mm -hmm. the person. Light, super light, few straps as possible. That's definitely what you're looking for. Um, you know, with the the 12.1, that's your again your equivalent your eFlex, and the eFlex is by market share the most worn pad uh, at the NHL level. You know, it's a soft pad. It's a it's a relatively speaking, it's a dynamic pad it's super mobile pad um you know um it's the reason why it again has the market share that it does so that's mm -hmm. you know and again it has those knee rolls which are purely aesthetic 
um, but people still like them. And so, uh, so you know, it has that kind of more traditional um, look, if you will. The 4.1 is your premier. This is your, you know, back in the day, they like to say, oh, these are for butterfly goalies that are trying to take up space. Nobody is a pure butterfly goalie anymore. No one's a pure right. hybrid goalie anymore. Um, but they have a um, more rounded inner gusset. So it's a little bit, um, it's, it's, it slides a little bit differently, a little bit less surface contact with the ice will allow for um, a little bit uh, easier sliding. Now, the question always becomes, is it, if it's not, if you have a round surface on top of a flat surface, are you getting the level of seal or you can get a little bit better seal with a flat surface? So mm -hmm. there's that, there's that kind of that trade off. Um, with people that like those, you know, the, the premier two, as you were saying, that is very, uh, uh, analogous to the 4.1. And I think the 87, I told this to Pat, I think when he first showed it to me a, a long time ago, you know, those are for the nostalgic gear nerds like me that again, that remember they have the Lefebvre is spelled actually as the family spells it with the B, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it has the old L logo and it's for people that are kind of romanticized uh, goalie gear, perhaps to an unhealthy degree that it's for us that go, Oh gosh, that's such a classic, super clean <laughs> aesthetic, you know, very linear in terms of where the color zones are. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's for, again, for, for nerds like me. Yeah. The, to put a cap on that. So it's really spelled with a B, right? Yes. Yes. Um, they, they, that's how they spell their name and they dropped it, um, to make more room for, um, the, the name on the side of the pad on the outer gusset, uh, by dropping that B, it gave a little bit of a cleaner wow. look, they were told, uh, which wow. is of course the great irony. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I had to, cause you, people are always, people are messaging sometimes with the B, sometimes you're like, man, I don't, I don't even know what it is. I don't even think there's any accuracy to anything online either. Yeah, again, it really comes down to there's the company name and then there's the family name. And it's uh, yeah, I think that's how I, I, in my head, when I'm trying to write about them, trying to make that distinction. Am I talking about <laughs> Little Faith family, Michelle, Pat, you know, their sister? Um, or am I talking about the company? Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the Lefebvre CCM disruption, disruption actually caused me a bunch of headaches in the fall when I tried to order a set. I've worn CCM gear for 10 years now after I tried that Premier 2. I, I mm -hmm. never went back and I wore it in college. And uh, I'd been in touch with the Hugo Hamlin was is the rep that I had dealt with. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know him. At no, all. I don't. Um, yeah, he's out in. I guess he's in the Quebec region. Doesn't go far. Um, but the second half for I I needed to order gear to be ready for the second half of the year. My old stuff wasn't gonna make it for playoffs, and that's like the worst thing you want is right at playoff time your gear's breaking down and it's slowing you down a little mm -hmm. bit. So. I made the switch to Bauer actually, and I ordered an all black set of Bauer 2X Pros. Okay. Uh, because they had the quickest production time, it took them eight weeks, and then of course COVID hits. There's no playoffs, <laughs> and now now I got brand new pads. Basically, I've been wearing for six months, but I want to dive into a bit of like Bauer's new line. And I'm curious in your opinion, you know, why are you seeing such a huge shift toward the Bauer sets the last couple of years now in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, I think that, and you have some great sets in college, I might add. Just want to throw that out there for for someone who doesn't claim to be, an, uh, who doesn't claim to be, you know, like a complete, you know, nerd about it to the degree that I am. Like you, you had some, you had some really, really good looking setups. Um, so, um, yeah, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, especially the pro level. Like I said, pros are extraordinarily reticent to change. You know, they very much believe, hey, you know, I got here. 
wearing these specs why would i change why would i change at this point you mm. you dance with the person you came to the, you know the party with um yeah. so um so it, it's they're always pros tend to actually be a lagging indicator in terms of kind of what's out there and what people are wearing and things like that i think that now that you look at the time that has elapsed between uh the 1s coming out and now so you've got four or five years five-ish years um now i think that um i think the word is getting out among other pros and they're starting to kind of see it um happening you know the big thing i remember um that at the beginning, the, the pros were really blown away by, and I know Lundquist talked about it, was, you know, the rebounds come off so hot on the pads. And that was completely new. And it really was the first time that companies really started talking about that and kind of putting that into, um, you know, putting it into our minds that, hey, you know, is it ad more, isn't it more advantageous if you can kick that puck out further away from you? Um, and, you know, Bauer was able to do that with their, with their new core. I think one of the, some of the challenges that they had at the beginning and they weren't able to convert some guys initially was that it was a very stiff pad. Uh, and then subsequently through kind of uh, later iterations, they were able to soften it up and make it a nice soft boot and things like that. Um, and they were able to kind of get some guys. So now with their kind of menu of options, the fact that the pros have seen so many other guys wearing them and seeing, wow, look at those rebounds fly off the pad. I posted a video of Mike Smith uh, in a practice, I think last week, takes, uh, took a shot off the pads and the, the velocity of the way the puck came off was unbelievable. You actually lose track of it. Um, I think mm-hmm. that, along with the suite of custom options that they now offer for those uh, pads, it really has allowed you know pros to say, all right, now I'm really going to start taking a chance on these. Um, yeah. And it allowed them to be really happy they did. Yeah. And everyone talks about this concept regarding hard rebounds and you just touch on it a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm a little on the fence, I would say, and, and mm-hmm. I'm not one to step on toes, but I've always been one to want a little more controlled, softer rebounds rather than like super hard. And I think that's why I really like the CCMs a lot for a long time. But I'm just curious, you know, where exactly you stand on the stiffness topic. Do you think a harder pad is, is better nowadays? Like why or why not? So I, I always define stiffness. There's two different ways I define stiffness in terms of the face of the pad and the, pad and the puck rebound velocity, like we were talking about. And mm. stiffness as in compression of the pads, how much um, does the boot um, flex when I want to stand over my toes and like how flexible is the thigh rise when I push down on it right. or when I'm in my butterfly and a puck hits the very top of it. So the, on the puck velocity about the, you know, keeping pucks closer to you, I think it is, I think it's, I think it's uh, some degree is preferential. Yeah, I think yeah. for me, I'm a smaller goalie. I need as much time as I possibly can to get up and move uh, to the rebound because I'm not going to be covering <laughs> up much space. Yeah. Um, and so um, that's for me prefer, you know, I, I could prefer, re, you know, harder rebounds for that for that reason. But like, for example, you know, the axis has a harder face. Um, than previous lines, but it, it's not as hard as, as the Bowers. So if, mm-hmm. you know, those, like you said, those cases where you're like, look, I want to keep the room a little bit closer to me and see if I can kind of gather it. Um, you know, I think there are some pads that play more, they don't play softer, but they play more neutral where mm-hmm. I think, I think axis is a little bit one of those where if I kick my leg out at it um, and I can send that rebound pretty far, if I give it with it a little bit, or I don't kind of give it that extra oomph, it's going to, mm-hmm. the puck's going to stay closer to my body, which is, you know, again, certain situations might be more ideal. 
on the flex of the compression of the pad, I think the trends, the trends you are seeing in those areas are really going a so to a softer and softer boot. So you get more flex of the boot, you can play more over your toes, you can load up against the post in an RVH, um, and a stiffer and stiffer thigh rises, because the idea has been, okay, look, I don't need the pad to flex a whole bunch above yeah. my knee. In fact, that actually might be, that work, might work against me. I mean, people like um, uh, Corey Crawford specifically want that area of their pad um, uh, stiff because they don't, they really rely upon the thigh rise of their pad to, to, to um, for five hole coverage more than their stick. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's a big trend you are kind of seeing across the industry as well is, okay, can we soften the boot uh, up and can we stiffen the upper thigh rise? Uh, and then really kind of in the shin area and below the knee, that's where you get some more of the distinctions kind of between the various product lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like how you sort of talk about the rebound velocity, the difference, I guess, in stiffness. Because, I mean, I didn't really think about that that differentiation, uh, but uh, it's it's a good way to sort of analyze it because like mm -hmm. pad to pad, you're not getting that same velocity, that same rebound velocity, but you might be getting that same stiffness up the thigh. Yes. Um, I just see a lot of guys in the NHL, it's like with the Bauer, and I wear the Bauer stuff now too, whereas mm -hmm. if you don't give it that kind of umph, um, like then then I notice that the puck still, the velocity is coming off pretty hard still, but it's not, it's it's almost to a point where it's not flying by the guy, and then you're kind of giving up a juicy rebound, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, again, I, I think you can, it's like everything in this position, right, and <laughs> it's also the reason why I, I completely stay out of the realm of technique. You know, there are yeah. guys like you and others that are so, such experts there. And I, and people will uh, every now and then try to sneak a technique question into my DMS. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, you do not want to be taking advice from me uh, because I think it is so um, it is, it is so subjective to yeah. uh, uh, so many factors that I'm just like, I can't even begin to have an informed opinion or expertise on it in some ways i think that almost makes the gear talk easier because yeah. at least i can be more objective and say this pad is actually lighter than this and this one slides better and this one this one is, has got harder rebounds i can actually say those are more objective things when it comes yeah. to things like technique and stuff like that and even like rebounds and which ones are better oh gosh that gets into a gray area that i try to avoid yeah 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 well that's okay we can uh i want to go over the new ccm axis stuff yeah um because like i said i was in the older model well recently before i went to the bowers i was in premier twos mm -hmm. and uh i love them i absolutely love them and i i would love to be in a ccm pad again but um i don't know with uh i, I don't really know how things are going to look and feel with them being out on their own so maybe you can dive a bit into your you know your opinion on the new axis series they came out with you know what's what's your take on the quality the features and does it sort of meet up or exceed their usual expectations? So, yeah. So, and I've been very, very fortunate that um, one of the things that's happened with Goalie Gearner that I never expected was how receptive the brands were very early on to kind of what I was doing. I didn't seek them out. They really kind right. of came to me and, uh, you know, said, hey, we like what you're doing. And then that, that over time led to kind of more, um, kind of more in-depth relationships. And again, me having opportunities to peek behind the curtain and things like that. What's nice with CCM specifically to your question, I've been able to get uh, several years running, you know, kind of have a chance to look at their gear. And one of the big things I always try to do is I try to always 
get, although custom colors, I always try to get stock specs. Because what I don't want to do is test stuff that is radically different than if you go to a retail store right. uh, and pick up off the shelf, because I don't think I'm adding much value then. So right. the teams that are, as I said to earlier, that have that made my P2s and my E-Flex 4s are the exact same is the exact same team that made my Axis pads. So there mm. is I have seen zero quality difference um, in term, you know, because again, it's coming from the same yeah. same group. Um, and 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 it just again me being fortunate enough to um, have a relationship with with the people there. I, I noticed that you know when they, my pads were coming, there is actually a small. And I need to do a feature on it. There's a small reinforced area um, uh, in the thigh rise um, that they put on that they added. They capped very, 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 very late uh, in the process. And they said, you know, really some very final testing. We we found that that durability and that's very specific part. It's a very small part of their thigh rise. You can see uh, probably about a half an inch black strip on the medial side of the face. So they didn't quite meet our durability threshold. So we threw this on there. Aesthetically, you know, I think it's, it's so small you'd barely ever see it. In fact, yeah. I, don't think, I don't know if anybody else has even spoken about it, but the CCM's credit, they were so dialed into concerns about, uh, you know, okay, is this thing going to perform the way we want it to? Um, they made a very last minute change um, and added it uh, to the pad, which I thought was, you know, really a testament to how seriously they take it. These, you know... I think there's always a perception that these big companies, they just have, you know, a, uh, a bunch of design people that are sitting around and then they get a memo that day that, Hey, you're going to need design leg pads today. That's not true. The people that are in, they're working in uh, CCM's goalie department and Bauer's goalie department and warriors goalie department, the big quote unquote big brands, um, they are goalies and this is all they do this is all they focus on. So that's awesome. But in terms of, of um, the specific specs in the pad, um, you know, they, they have what they call the light core technology. Um, and it makes the pad very, 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 very light. And it is a very light pad. Mm. Um, and, uh, but what's nice is that that coupled with the fact that they've gone to, um, uh, essentially what they call like a max rebound technology as well to make those yeah. more lively, powerful rebounds. They will, they, they did all that, but what they also did was they softened the boot up from the premiere. I found the boot um, a lot softer. Again, that really that optimal um, balance between a stiffer thigh rise um, and that uh, that flex flex boot. I really, really, really like that. The quick motion strap. I still am in love with it. Uh, I think it's you know again, it's really now becoming an industry standard to have a strap at that the top of that calf because it really it ensures that my leg doesn't come off uh, come off the knee block at all, right. which is awesome. And I will say. Kind of lastly on it, one of the things I, I just like about CCM pads in general is they have really, really soft knee blocks. They have these this 3D printed yeah, kind of knee blocks. Really comfortable. Oh, so comfortable. So nice. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and and us us goalies who are just continuing to age, um, that is becoming more <laughs> and more and more important. So uh, I'm getting and, into that category now. <laughs> we all we all are. And I know, you know, from an aesthetic perspective, I know people, you know, it's gotten uh, you know, people have various opinions about it. Um I, I credit um, CCM for doing something really bold. I think one of the things I was fortunate enough to go up there a couple of years ago and I, and I did some surveys prior, I, you know, just, uh, with goalies and kind of put a couple surveys out there about people's perception of CCM, you know, and at the time I, you know, I told them, I said, look, your per my survey, your brand is, is considered to be, um, the most they associate with hockey CCM was 
but mm. from a innovation perspective, they were way behind. Mm. And you know, they took that very, very seriously. And I'm not saying that it was me that you know, yeah, yeah. no way am I trying to imply that. But what I'm saying was they they very much, you know, are trying to be for the customer what they what the customer needs. And they realize, you know, we need to really you know, hit the gas on innovation. That needs to be our focus and things like that. And, you know, if you do all these things and you put another boring face on the, on the pad, um, then people were going to say, well, what really changed? I mean, they were going to come out with something that, uh, that can look awesome. And, uh, you know, again, I've seen some really, really awesome um, access designs. And it's one of the, the only design I've ever, I've ever seen that I like some of the more white-based designs than some of the dark yeah. base ones. And I have a dark base one. Now it seems yeah. some of the white ones are going, oof, that actually looks even better. It's usually yeah, they got the those nice little accents across the whole pad. Right, exactly. So that's my yeah. long-winded uh, <laughs> axis spiel. No, it's good. I, I'm just curious for people considering them, you know, who do who exactly do you think the Axis series pad is is for in terms of style of gold people or, or, or can people considering to get them over the other sets? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's as I said from a rebound perspective, it's someone who wants a um, you know they're they definitely have some velocity when the the puck comes off of them, but they but they will also can give you some give if if you want it. Um, the boot is so soft, so for goalies like me. I like to play really over my toes because I have to be fast. Cause again, I'm not covering a lot of net. Mm. And so um, I need to make sure that I can really flex over my toes and you can do that in the axis uh, as well as having that really stiff upper, you know, thigh rise. If you, if you're someone who just keeping it within the CCM family, if you're someone who goes, I like the E flexes a lot, but it, it's almost a little bit too squishy. Um, or I really want that flat face. Cause that's the advantage of a flat face is you're getting a very consistent rebound um versus you know things can be a little bit different off of knee rolls um and, and you want something that's like you know really super modern um yeah access is definitely the way to go mm. well since we're talking about ccm and bauer mm-hmm. uh, there's all this talk now everything being made in china and the production quality dropping and you know i, I don't really notice you know the the but i don't really notice the prices dropping they're only going higher mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so Going forward, do you see the the producing in China thing as an issue that will affect the quality, or is, or is that just a myth going on right now? I really don't, because uh, you know, again, one of the misconceptions has had been in, in in terms of you know there is absolutely this institutional knowledge that the Lafave family has for doing what they've done, how they've done it for as long as they've done it. I think that's completely fair um and you know they are craftsmen they they are designers and they've been doing this for a very 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 long time completely get that but the material that they were using and and again they were only making stuff for the for the pros and for mm-hmm. people that were playing major junior and d1 the, the gen pro that was on their shelves the foam that was on their shelves the materials that they were using were literally the exact same ones that was um, in the other CCM operate, you know, building operations, yeah. the exact same suppliers. And in fact, the irony was that um, for a long time, Lefebvre actually had less Gen Pro color options because they had a smaller office. And so some people, like when Speedskin came out, started going, oh, why aren't any of the pros wearing Speedskin in a color other than white? You know, that's and, and it was because they literally couldn't fit in the roles inside the building. <laughs> uh, they, had, they actually had a trailer out back for a bunch of extra material. Um, so, so, and, and I understand the, the conversation about, um, you know, I think there is something to be said for companies like Brian's company, like, like, like Lafave, and there are a host of other smaller companies that are making 
gear in North America. And I think that that's, I, I, again, I think there is this institutional knowledge and there's this being proud of a heritage and the fact that, you know, you're making uh, the gear there. I think that that there's absolutely a place for that. Is the customer at the retail level going to see a quality difference now uh, with CCM? No, because again, it's the same teams. These are dedicated teams that this is what they do. This whole perception that, oh, they're making goalie gear this week and they're making soccer balls next. That's not true. That's not how the real world <laughs> works. No, it's, 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 it, and it's completely erroneous. And they have CCM employees that are going, that are there living there, um, overseeing things. The, 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 the goalie design uh... teams are typically flying over several times a year to advise them to oversee production. There was a really cool image I have of a warrior pad. Um, oh, I got to find it. It was one of the, I'm trying to remember which model it was, but it was a warrior pad and all the different areas of the pad was, were a different color. It looked like a rainbow. And yeah. so what actually what this is, is this is how we show the sewers, the various areas and the pieces. And okay, when you're gonna make this, this um, outer roll, for, you know, that's blue. Um, this is how you actually sew this into the pad and things like that. They're doing that level of, you know, the level of, uh, quality of control. Quality yeah. control. They, and, the, and it is a very, very robust, both companies take that, uh, ex- extremely seriously because they know that there is a huge difference between the perception and the reality. They can only cr- control the perception to a point. They can control the reality and they put a lot of resources into, to doing that. And, uh, in my opinion, they do, they do a pretty, pretty darn good job. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I love it, man. This conversation we're, we're, you know, we're getting through it here. I could talk to you for hours about this. Cause there's so many misconceptions, right? I mean, and I, and I could talk about this for hours as, as I'm sure is painfully obvious to you and your listeners at this point. So no, it's okay. That's why we bring you on. Cause we never talk about gear. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's good to chat, but we're going to, we're going to dive more now okay. into some of your, favorites and i want to get your take um you know in and so before we dive into some of the hottest gear items that that you specifically like going into the the new season you mentioned to me that you don't believe there's just one or two best brands and and that's all about it's all about aligning each goalie's personal preference and playing style you know with the different gear and the different specs and maybe you can just touch on that briefly and tell us why you think that yeah so um that and that's the question when i do you know instagram q a's or, or or things like that and um the first question i always get is what's the best brand what's your favorite set of pads what's this and and there's a, do i have personal favorites that i think that fit my personal playing style better yeah absolutely but that's really it and what i'm always trying to do is tease out the differences between the various brands and not only the brands, but really the, 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 the as we talked about with the, the Axis versus Eflex and the Vapor versus Supreme and um, teasing out the differences between the various product lines because they're made for very different goalies uh, or even maybe slightly different goalies. And so I always say it's about aligning your personal preferences, your playing style and the specs of the gear, aligning those things together. And so, you know, again, it's, it's, I, I, I always say, you know, that's what you should be on the, the hunt for. And that's what I'm usually trying to do is that somehow, for some reason, some people believe that, well, either, you know, Goalie Gearner should say that there are, there are these three brands, these two, these two pads suck. And this, this is the good one. This is the one you should go with. Again, it's, it's not like that at all. 
And, um, I, and, and it's amazing that in, for some reason, the context of goalie gear, people tend to think like that, but in every other context, you know, it could be coffee, it could be beer, it could be cars. You know, people understand that there, there are nuances and differences. So I think that's what I'm trying to do is always try and tease out those differences and, and, and try to bring them to the public so they can kind of make that a little bit more informed um, decision. So they end up, you know, don't buy a pair of X-Pulse pads, right? And go, oh gosh, I shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> man i still have them hanging in my garage you should see these things nice oh they're they're like uh you wouldn't believe how much they opened up and then i i'm like why do i i don't know they're vintage i guess you could i'll send you a picture one of yeah these please days. yeah please do <laughs> well i want to start by going down the line a bit you know just pertaining to each major gear piece and you know your your take on top contenders and and why to sort of give people an idea of what they can you know, start looking at for each piece. And I kind of want to start off with sticks and right now in the market, what are some of your favorite sticks this year and why for each? Um, okay. So stick, six, six. So I will go with, um, what I'm using now and what I'm testing now is I'm testing the warrior M one and, um, I'm loving it. I absolutely love it. Um, it has a whole new paddle design, uh, for, for warrior and it is exceptionally light. It's got flexion in the right areas. Um, I've only had it on the ice three, four times, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 unreal. It is, I really, really, really like it, and 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 Warrior uh, continues to, like I said, kind of surprise me. Uh, and um, it's just um, so well balanced. It's uh, it's just like I said, I absolutely love the M1, and I'm a big fan. I was waiting for a long time to get it, and just been really enjoying it ever since. Well, uh, sorry, contrary to what we were talking about, even though like I just noticed because I started using the Warriors too, actually, mm -hmm. and the CR1s and I loved them. Yes. Love them. And uh, they're actually making their way into the NHL. You're seeing a lot of guys using them now, right? That was the big story last year. So one of the, some, one of the things I do is kind of, um, you know, at the beginning of the season, like five trends that I'm expecting to see uh and then yeah. at the end of the year i do kind of a five or the five big stories and one of them last year was um warrior just coming out hard and and they really have been able to uh, you know again like we talked about with with, uh, with valor and the pros they were able to you know get a couple of guys to try their products and uh, really dial in some of their stick specs well and really uh, fell in love with it. And, you know, CR1 was a huge step forward in my mind yeah. in terms of warrior sticks. And it was this kind of watershed moment. The fact that they're following it up with the M1, I'm just like, good. Well, actually, they had a V1 in the middle there. Um, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. but but the fact that, you know, it's I think the M1 is the next major step forward um, for yeah. them. And I, like I said, just been been really, really, really impressed with it. Yeah. So who else uh, impresses you favorites? Um, I think that you have to you have to acknowledge the the Bauer Ultrasonic, you know, especially the, the with the Ergo Spine. That was the fact when they did it, and everyone was like, "This isn't gonna work." I remember kind of getting wind of it and then seeing it, and I remember the first time someone kind of gave me spread a little, you know, shared a little rumor with me that this is what they were doing. And they tried to describe it in words to me and what the ergo spine looked like. And I'm like, that one, you're wrong. That's insane. And two, that's never going to work. Um, and I've been completely wrong. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and really the other second iteration is that much better. You know, uh, and I know again, people are going to be like, Oh, but only like guys like Halak use it. Most of the guys still, um, 
uh, use like a like a three S um, uh, layup of the pros for Bauer, and Bauer has a ton of pros um, using their sticks. Yeah, that's true. But again, actually, if you look at their sticks, we've done some features of this. You actually look at the layups they're actually using inside their sticks. A lot of them are using even older versions. Pros, again, especially yeah. when it comes to their sticks, uh, they find something they like, and then they're like, I just want you to make that. And okay, for if, if you've got to make it in a new, you know, with a new graphic because you can't produce my old graphic, fine. Just make me the same stick. Give me another two dozen of those. Yeah. Um, but I want that. So that's that's been um, that's been interesting. Um, other sticks. Uh, I have not seen the CCM Axis yet, but I've gotten really good feedback on it. Some of the yeah. guys who've used uh, used it have really, really, really been complimentary. Um, and then the True X, uh, AX9, it's not a new for this year. It technically came out last year. Um, True is really becoming hot and heavy in terms of goalie sticks, and they really have taken some big, big, big step forward uh, in terms of goalie sticks, and that's why you're starting to see them. They're picking up uh, guys. It used to be it was just like Hellebuck, but now you've got some other – um guys uh john gillies in calgary and others that are starting to um starting to use them and uh the true sticks are not to be ignored they're they're really really good yeah now with this issue you know do you see them getting more durable because uh relating to the prospect thing honestly because at the pro level like one game can literally make or break your career you know what i mean so a lot of the guys, and I know it too, just going through gear changes mid-season when you're at the pro level, it's like so unforgiving. Um, but re- re- regarding sticks, you know, uh, the durability of them, they break like paper now, at least it seems. And and some of the new Warrior ones actually hold up really, really good, their highest mm-hmm. models. Um, but are companies like doing this on purpose or are they just trying to get lighter sticks and that's sort of a repercussion of that? No, uh, on purpose, no. Um, it is this contrasting set of metrics. I had a really cool conversation uh, with a gentleman by the name of Brian Molner, who is um, one of the main engineers and designers at True for their sticks. Uh, and we had a, uh, like I said, a really, really interesting conversation. It really kind of took me into how they go about the design, the engineering, the testing and things like that. And into a depth that even I didn't really kind of fully appreciate. And, you know, one thing I will say before I kind of get to more of what he said, but is that for everybody who um, says, Oh, but the compositics break so much. You've got to remember foam core at the highest level um, of, of the game, the levels that you play um, pros go through those foam cores so fast. I had a conversation with Mike McKenna and he talked about how, he would just go through sticks, foam core sticks. I forgot the dozens and dozens he would go through a season versus he said he wouldn't get through his a dozen, a dozen bowers um, yeah. once he switched to composite. And number two, the reason he actually pointed to switching to composite, which I think is, again, often misunderstood, is that he liked the consistency. He said that he'd get a dozen foam core sticks and he'd go, these are completely different than my uh-huh. last dozen. And composite is exactly the same stick every single time. So, but but specific to the in context of durability, the question becomes: Well, why are the sticks breaking? Is it from shooting, or is it from puck impact? Players they will um, uh, snap a stick sometimes from for, you know a lot of times from shooting and things like that because they need that flexion yeah. to to actually launch the, the puck. If they break a stick because the puck hits it, no one bats an eye. Um, if they break it, because if they break it, uh, because they, you know, we're shooting, it's different, but if, if they stick their stick out and it hits the shaft of their stick and it snaps, nobody bats an eye and goes, Oh yeah, well way to, way to block that shot. Yeah. If it happens to the goalie on a goalie stick, it's going to happen in the shaft. It's going to be, it's going to happen in the almost exact same area. Very rarely 
do um, the sticks actually break at the paddle or the blade goalie sticks, excuse me. Um, and that's really where they do a lot of their impact testing. So people like True and things like that, you know, they're shooting. They, I think they said they cranked up their like puck machine like 200 miles an hour and were firing pucks off the blade of their stick and it wasn't breaking. Now, the problem you run into, though, is, again, the siren call or the, the thing that every goalie asks me about every single stick is their first question is, what's the weight like? So to yeah. your point, they also have this, this kind of dual mandate, make this as light as possible and as durable as possible. And you, you can only – those are opposing to a certain extent. So, so, but again, I go back to, you know, for goalies who are like, oh, but composite sticks break, it's like that's going to happen. If a puck hits the shaft of your stick, it's a matter of physics, the same way that if it would have hit your defenseman's stick, it's going to break. Um, so that, that's going to happen. Now, there are some small exceptions where there have been companies who've had bad batches of sticks and they, they broke a little bit more and they've corrected those. But there is a there are dedicated stick teams almost with every single one of the major companies. That's all they do all day. And, you know, so they're, they're trying – they're, again, trying to fulfill that dual mandate all the time. Let's make it lighter and somehow more durable at the same time. And mm-hmm. I don't want their job. That's for sure. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, it's funny that you say that about the weight. I – my first year pro a few years ago, I in uh, the lower leagues there were we got the swagger, the swagger pros. Oh sure, yeah. And uh, I just remember those being like so heavy. Like I would come off the ice and my arm would be like I couldn't even lift my stick. Like my forearm was like numb. And then I'm like, hey, like do you got is there any like composite stuff? And they're like, yeah, like we got this CR one. I tried. I was like, whoa, like this is. Because I used to try, I, I, I used to try the Warriors when I was younger too. I can't remember the model, mm-hmm. but they were very like springing off the paddles. Like mm-hmm. I'd go into sort of that RVH position. I noticed like pucks would come off the paddle and they'd go like right in the slot. And so I kind of stayed away from them for a while. And then as soon as I picked up that Warrior, I was like, man, like pucks coming off of it, the feel of it when you play the puck, the lightness, like it just really hits every, every face there for me. Yeah, no, they, they really have, they've, it's, it's been it's been fun to watch because yeah, they've taken leaps and bounds forwards and, and gone from a product that was good to a product that's really great. Yeah. Well, for chest protectors, which don't get talked about enough, I don't think, which (laughs) is such an important piece of gear, right? Yeah. So I'm just curious, what are some of your favorite chest protectors and why, and what makes them different from each other? Um, yeah, I mean, so chest protectors, you really, again, kind of talk about that dual mandate with sticks, right? It's, uh, for, for chest protectors, it's, do you want coverage or do you want mobility? And again, companies are trying to give you both to a certain extent. Now there are some differences in terms of, um, you know, some, most companies, a lot of companies are carrying two models of chest protectors. Again, I think Bauer actually has three this year in custom, um, that are trying to give you, Hey, um, Here's one that's super, super mobile, and here's one that has more coverage, perhaps a little bit m- less mobility. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it's kind of trying to wade through that. That's for the majority of the companies. Now, um, I tried uh, several chest protectors last year. The one that I really came – I think I was most surprised by was uh, the, the Bauer 2X. I put that on, and it had been some years – a couple years since I had put on a Bauer – and Bowers were big and heavy and kind of, you know, and stiff. And, and, and so when I got, I was shocked. It was so well broken in. Uh, and it's very mobile chest protector. It was, I mean, zero break in. It's still typically what I kind of go to uh, when I'm, when I'm playing. They followed up this year with the ultrasonic, which has a whole new um, elbow system. And uh, it's really, really interesting kind of hinge system they have for the elbows. 
Um, and it's it's very unique. It's hard to describe into in, in words, but it's almost got like a plate in front of the elbow that kind of moves with it to give a little bit more uh, instead of instead of the puck, it's going to hit the inside of your elbow hitting a crease point. It actually is a straight flat surface. Um, but what they've done is retained, um, I think, the flexion of the vapor elbows um, uh, even there, which is really, really, really amazing. Um, so I'm, and it has got some other smaller features that I think are really, really interesting. And I, I'm going to be getting one of those soon, the ultrasonics, and I'm really, really excited about that. Um, you got to talk about Warrior, though, because Warrior is really interesting. They were the first ones that really looked at the elbow design the elbow floaters and try to do something dramatically different. They have a mechanized kind of um, elbow system. They've, um, they've done that again. They've updated that again uh, for this year and uh, actually offer both a traditional kind of quote unquote floater and a smaller, uh, the more, I'm sorry, the, the mechanized version, um, which now I think people are really getting their heads around and it's a really kind of unique cutting edge system. I think um, it's, it's almost like they've used some of the technology for player shin pads kind of in the whole arm. Uh, by really kind of suspending it, uh, the arm away from the the hard plastic, which I think is a really interesting and innovative concept. So I, uh, I I really like that as as well. But again, that's that's really the challenge: is you're looking for size, are you looking for uh, mobility? With the pros now getting really um, told to trim down uh, the size of their units, and a lot of new, you know, not new anymore, but all the all the rules that went into effect about a year ago, I think smaller is getting better i think now that the style and this is again where i'm wading into more your area than mine now that it seems to be that there is much less inclination for coaches to say just drop and take as much space as possible you know play the averages here it's much more of a mobile position a dynamic position i think that the the companies are realizing hey you know we don't need that extra inch on the shoulders you might not need that um, let's instead make it a little, you know, make it a little bit easier for him to look to his left or right or over her shoulder or things like that. Um, and then that's going to actually provide more value in terms of the position than that extra little bit of coverage. Well, Jaguar, uh, Jaguar is the one who made that popular with his, his, his illegal shoulder pumps or whatever you want to call it. Jaguar and Garth Snowman. I mean, they wore billboards on their shoulders and it was, uh, <laughs> it was, I, and I have a set of those like heat and pro 90 Z. They had like the no layer. Up. Oh, I have. I've got it. I've got it in my base again. I'm dating myself here, um, <laughs> and they are just like. I mean, you look like you look like every woman in the '80s with the shoulder pads, like under their, you know, <laughs> under their jackets. It yeah, yeah, absolutely enormous. Um, but you know, <laughs> at the time, you're like, I don't care. I'm taking up more, taking up more room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you didn't mind it. Yeah, I'm curious what you think about because uh, you talk about that that sort of that trade-off between coverage and mobility. And for me, I personally wore Vaughn Chessy. I haven't, I've never really liked like Vaughn stuff. I know obviously a lot of guys like it, nothing bad on them, but the feel of the pad just pertaining to earlier in the conversation, just such a soft pad for me. I just couldn't really find a way into it, but I wore Vaughn Chesties for forever. And I just really loved that mobility that they had early on in their, even their V1 series way, you know, what are we on now? 10 or something like yeah, that? I think it is. Yeah. You know, I was just curious what your take is on that. Um, yeah. And I'm actually, I'm trying to pull up as I'm talking here, I actually keep data on, it's on our website. It's, a, it's admittedly from last season, but um, we, we have a database. I think it's like 45 data fields on every single pro at the NHL level that plays like a, a minute and what they wow. wear. Um, so I'm trying to find the data, um, uh, that's for, on your website. 
Yes, there's a database that that we maintain. And again, it's a little bit past due. Um, we're going to update it, and the season ended, and you know all that. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to find my chest protector data, and it might not actually be posted, but I have it. Actually, if you download the data set, you actually can actually download the Excel uh, and see it. Um, but I, I believe I, I'm stalling because I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I'm pretty sure Vaughn has the highest market share in terms of pros. Um, for chest they make great chest protectors. They, they, I mean, it's kind of fitting though, because Mike Vaughn's big thing, uh, and he d- did an interview on their podcast recently. Uh, and he talked about it, which was, which again for me, it was nerding out to no end. Um, talking about how one of the first things he made was a chest protector, and um, being able to put all of those together, um, all those various um, yeah, yeah. the arms. And the, the, the shoulders, I'm sorry, the arms and the torso were separately uh, built in, in, at that time and really being able to come with, comp- uh, come with a comprehensive unit, that really started getting people's attention very quickly. And then you kind of, kind of went into the other things. Um, so um, it, it is fitting. Vaughn makes great chest protectors. I've worn Vaughn uh, before. They do, a, they do an excellent job there, and there's a reason why they have uh, so much market share. Yeah. That's uh, I didn't know that they actually had that majority. That's interesting to know. I, yeah, I, I mean, gotta verify uh, that with data here. So I hope I'm not talking out. Of yeah, time. don't worry. We won't. We'll hold, we won't hold it against you. But <laughs> I mean, uh, no. It's just I, I was just curious what your take is on it. But I'm I'm curious now regarding skates. You know, what are some of your favorite skates on the market going into the next couple of years, and why? Yeah, and I always kind of talk about how every year there's a um, there's a story. There's a story in terms of the gear and what's going to be yeah. the story that year. Last year it was skate. And here's why, because uh, the year before, really two years prior, um, what was then VH, which is now owned by True, came out of what seemed to be nowhere and all of a sudden grabbed a huge amount of market share at the NHL level. Uh, and now I think they still have like 60% of the market share. And the reason wow. why they were able to do that was they figured out to, a way to rapidly scale customization of the boot uh, right. to the player. And anybody who is who has been fortunate enough to to wear a custom boot um immediately knows that notices the differences now there were custom skate programs with bauer and ccm but they were not um it wasn't as easy um to order those and it wasn't as yeah it wasn't as scalable at the time so vh did that true acquired them um and really not quite i'm not talking about quite chronological order here but you know yeah. B- bauer and ccm being who they are being as smart as they are saw that opportunity and they have developed very very robust and very uh, excellent custom skate programs both and i have worn custom skates from literally all three companies um and they're all uh, uh, amazing and how they do it everything um you know for those that that it matters. All of those custom skates are produced in Canada. Um, and uh, it's, it's been pretty kind of amazing to watch. So what you're starting to see now is some guys that were in VH, a few are starting to kind of get pulled back uh, or pulled into um, the other brands. Cause again, they now are really making very competitive um, yeah. product differences. Now in terms of like, what are the differences between the various companies? I'll give you very high level differences. Um, if you sure. were true, um, first, first of all, you have a blade width, um, difference. So, um, true uses a four millimeter blade on both of their goalie skate models. They have two models. Mm-hmm. They have a one piece skate. So if you looked at guys like, um, uh, Carter Hutton, uh, Anderson up until the return to play, 
um oh gosh who else um uh, jake allen uh they all you oh, ryan miller was the first uh, use a one-piece construction constructed um goal skate so the blade holder and the and the the boot are literally all one big piece and the, that case creates a very stiff skate um yeah. and allows for better power transfer um yeah. they, they have a, that one piece skate and it plays very neutral too so the actual lean the pitch is very flat on the foot you, you feel you're standing straight up which is a little unusual for goalie skates yeah um the two piece their two piece is um really kind of following what bauer did and they was really cutting edge when they came out with the first calling the skate um following that lead it's a boot with a skate uh with a blade and skate holder it is pitched much more forward it is taller it is lighter than the two-piece but both of them will only come in a four millimeter and that boot is very very popular that two-piece boot so you actually see a lot of pros that actually have that true now true formerly vh boot with that vertex bauer vertex holder because they want a three millimeter blade and they want the replaceability that they're that they're um if they run into their post at commercial break they can go to the bench and their equipment manager could pop off the blade and pop a new one on so they like uh, that versatility so you see a lot of guys um that have that true boot and um with the um the vertex holder so that's uh, when it comes to true um in terms of ccm you know ccm again i'm sorry let's, let's go to bauer bauer sure. they were the ones that came out with the first cowlingless Escape uh, with the with the first Supreme, yep. and it was again one of those things that was really ahead of their time. I think people were like, "Well, that that makes sense intuitively," but I bet you there's a bunch of broken toes, broken you know uh, you know the inside of people's feet, things yeah. like that. No, none of that's happened. Um, it's and it was such a watershed moment in gear um, to have those. Where it is now, the exception and again, this is something I track in our database is how many guys are in have cowlings anymore on their skates and the number is very few guys like gibson and dubnik and i think there might be a couple of others are those sole outliers everybody else is a cowlingless skate of some kind um yeah. um price and anderson being the other uh, other two that immediately come to mind so um so um that was huge and also they came out with again that ability to take their blades off and on uh which is massive so they have a supreme and and the vapor they fit a little bit differently in terms of kind of how the um, how they fit to your foot and kind of how much room and and um, how the the collar of the skater are 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 built. So some differences there. Again, it's gonna be a three millimeter blade though typically. Um, and then CCM came and it can't, you know they by their own admission were later. But what they did was they really were kind of watching the landscape and when they wanted to enter the Calumet skate market, they wanted to. You know, they wanted to make sure that they weren't throwing something out there too early, that they had it really refined. Yeah. Came out the FT2, great skate, um, three millimeter as well. And they also have a um, uh, replaceable blade, but they, they, they have a different mechanism. Uh, it's actually kind of a, a dial screw mechanism for the blade um, that um, allows people to take off the blades uh, as well. This year, they come out with the AS3, and what they've done is they've also purchased Step Steel. So CCM purchased Step Steel, so now they oh, own. Is that why they're doing that promo? Yes. So uh, so all of their skates now come with Step Steel, which is very very high quality steel. Um, I have the AS3s. I actually got a pair of stock AS3s just to kind of contrast. They're super comfortable, and what's important about the AS3s, kind of going all the way back to what I was talking about, with True. 
the boot itself is actually one big solid piece of construction. A lot of times you're building skate boots, and I'm going way in the weeds here, but it's actually like the toe and the 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 the, the sides and the upper and the, the bottom. It's all different pieces that are kind of sewn together essentially. Um, with the AS3, um, CCM has gone to a one-piece boot construction. So again, now you're getting that stiffness on the outside. It's very soft on the inside. That stiffness on the outside that's good for power transfers, you're keeping that as your foot is pushing because there's no less wobble and there's no, there's less flexion in the boot. You're keeping that um, that uh, impact or that that force yeah. more intact and it translates through the skate, so you can yeah. kind of get that motion. Yeah, it creates uh, it's it's from a physics standpoint, it's it's giving you more leverage by having a stiffer boot. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, it's funny that you say the cowlingless skate. When I was in college, I had the the reactor. Well, I had the reactor. I've been, I've worn Bauer my entire life. Actually, okay. um, I've never really. I think I tried Reeboks like once, and I. Then this was back in like 2013. I didn't really like them, and I got back in the Bowers, and I got in the 9100s mm-hmm. yeah. reactors, and they hurt my feet. But then when they came out with the 9500s, um, I uh, like a couple of years later, I I literally didn't switch skates for like years, and just recently this summer, I I went because everybody's getting the cowlingless skates. I'm like, okay, like I'm either gonna you know end up a fossil or get with the times, <laughs> so. <laughs> So I picked up a, a cowlingless pair. I didn't really like the three millimeter blade before because I, I mean, I always preferred like a very like deep cut on my skate, and I found that with the three mil blade you couldn't really get that. Okay. But from a a, a standpoint of moving forward, I was like, okay, I, like it's time. I got to get used to this three mil blade. Like it's it's only a matter of time before nobody's even making the four mils, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting because um, you know, and 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 true seems to still be sticking to it. And uh, I know I've spoken to Scott Van Horn about it. And and you know, they when they initially were going to come to market, you know, they pulled a bunch of pros and said, "What do you want, three or four? And they said, four. Um, now, I, I, again, I've wow. skated with both, um, and you know, I, I think you're going to get more bite with the three, but you're getting a little more stability, um, you know, with yeah. with the four. And uh, you know, I. To me, it's it's one of those things where if you wear them enough, you can kind of forget about it. So, yeah, um, yeah. so that's why I went into it. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna get used to it. <laughs> like, exactly. Well, what do you, why do you think Bauer has dominated the skate market for so long now? I'm just curious. Well, I mean, I think it's if you look at their history, it's something that they they do very 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 well. Um, they know they you know they've done it for a very very long time, and they've been a you know huge dominant um, force, and it's. It is this kind of institutional acumen, as I talked about kind of earlier, um, and they have a huge skate team, and um, they've really been able to kind of build upon this knowledge base, you know, over time, and and uh, has success. and And what you, what they also get, and I, I will say, I was fortunate enough to go to Blaineville, uh, the where their R and D offices are last year, and nice. the thing that struck me over and over and over when I was there was how serious. Um, the testing team was and what they did and the incredibly iterative approach they took to everything. So they have a, uh, it was like four or five guys. And I think it's actually more than those four or five that I met um, that go out literally every morning with new product for the first couple hours of the day. And they have a skate and they test stuff 
It was massive room and, and they're um, constantly collecting data to kind of inform their decisions. And it, the, the validation testing that they go into, the depth of it, um, and again, the life cycle from, from design to um, actually seeing it, you know, the stuff that I was seeing that they were testing, which was probably still 18 months out, had probably been designed a year ago, maybe a little bit less. So yeah. they take a long time and they have this huge pipe, design pipeline um, and, you know, you couple that with the fact that, you know, we have robust testing processes, you have a budget, uh, and a focus on innovation. Um, I think that's, that's why you have seen them, um, being so incredibly competitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just my whole life growing up, that's, you know, everybody, even players too, they're just crazy how much, but you're seeing a lot of competition come in now and almost like, uh, it's almost like CCM is. You know, and I don't want to go as far as they copy, but they've really modeled their new models, I would say, after them. They've gone in a different direction than what they had before. Is that, do you think, because they just see that's where demand is or they just see that's like what's working? Um, I, I think that, well, I, I know that they've, they've uh, you know, over time, I, I think, again, everyone was really surprised by what, I, I think people were very surprised at what, what True did. Or yeah. BH did, and once companies saw that and saw that opportunity and saw that this is a real difference, uh, a, a really a different value proposition we can offer, yeah. um, they scaled up very very quickly. And I know internally, um, you know, the design, the, the the skate team and the goalie team really synced up to a much greater degree. Um, and but again, it takes it takes a while for them to bring that to market. To CCM's credit, I know. The, the, as I was talking about earlier, the criticism that had, had, has been with CCM is, oh, you're not innovative enough. That's a double-edged sword. Yeah. You can be absolutely at the front, and I would, I would argue companies that are deemed the most innovative, you look at Bowery, you look at Warrior, who are, I think, are among the two most innovative, you're still mm -hmm. also having a population of people saying, there's, uh, there's no, I never would wear that. It's just there's a gentleman that I play with uh, as the other goalie on, on Monday nights. Um, and you know, his gear is extremely traditional. He's got the leather straps. When he drops, he falls onto the face of his pads, not the knee block. Um, wow. and that guy is never going to go, um, to, to, to something that's super, super innovative. He's going to want something right. that's a little bit, you know, uh, you know, he's, that doesn't appeal to him. So again, you know, is it CCM copying other companies? No, I wouldn't say that. I think what they do is they seem to be very good at kind of sitting back watching the trends kind of almost right. letting other companies to a certain degree beta beta test concepts out there and say okay what are they going to do and okay so there is a marketplace for a replaceable blade uh on a, on a blade holder okay let's come with our own version that's better you know by their definition not right. mine um and then that's how that's how they're going to attack it but then again with things again with the uh, the one piece boot you know that's that's a big 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 step forward and step over some other skate companies so sure. they're not they're not um afraid especially as we see with access i mean they're they're not afraid to say okay now i think this is the new era of ccm yeah, it's saying yeah. look I, we are we want to be much more in the cutting edge and the innovation um conversation than maybe mm -hmm. they haven't been uh previously well we talked a lot about pads and gloves and you shared some of your favorites in the beginning so i just want to top this off a bit with mm -hmm. talk about helmets oh yeah and just a, just crazy man how many head injuries goaltenders are just getting now from pucks collisions and 
I mean, I know you know the Mrazic. Everybody knows the Mrazic story. Now that's a pretty hard one, but I'm just saying, I'm wondering who your favorite sort of, some of your favorite helmet picks are going into the next year. So, yeah, and I talked about how I think last year I was saying well, the story of the uh, last season was the story to me about skate because I could see you, know, you could see CCM entering it with the calling of the skate and you see Bauer, you know, they came with the 2X at that time. It was a really good skate. Um, and that was, I think, the conversation previously. I said, I've said this, this year was going to be the conversation was going to be around masks and helmets. Yeah. Um, and it's something that companies are very, very, very cognizant of in the, the fact that concussions are a huge issue. I think hip huge. health and concussions are the two major areas of concentration in terms of reducing injuries in, in those areas um, for goalies as much as possible. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Bauer has the largest market share in terms of NHL masks. Uh, they're 960, you know, the former iTech and this, this, it's moved along 960 and things like that. You know, they have they have something that works very, very well. They have the data that supports that it's a really good, really protective mask. They have their other line as well, you know, with the enemy and stuff like this, the VTX and, and what have you. Um, and, you know, they continue to, they're smart though, that they're not, I'm trying to find a better analogy here, but I, it's almost kind of like, even you, see, when you hear about like Rolex making an update to their watches. It's a very small iterative change you know uh, cycle after cycle because it works and you don't want to mess with the secret sauce too much um and that's kind of bauer's approach and it makes sense um with ccm this year their new access mask they really came out with something new they've changed a lot the the interior is completely different mine's on my way and i'm very excited to get it um and the mold itself is different um and they really it was a long time coming and uh, again they use a lot of testing and when i was there they had, you know, one of the um, uh, really expensive crash test dummy heads um, that they, you know, fired puck hands at and they gave a huge amount of data readouts. Um, so they wow. were using that in terms of how do you shift around um, yeah. uh, the impacts and things like that. I think that that's really, really critically important. Uh, and I, I've really been impressed by that. I want to see, I'm wondering if that's going to catch, if that's going to be more of a status quo liner uh, right. in the pros going forward. Warrior came out with a mask this year. Um, Warrior entered the mask space too, because I think, again, everyone is looking at that. Um, their F1 mask, I have one. It is awesome. Um, very impressive. It's nice. The nice thing that Warrior has done now, CCM's a little bit newer in the mask space. Um, but, like, you know, with, with Warrior, they had a kind of blank slate and said, okay, you know, and they also have a really, really robust um, presence with player helmets. They feel they can leverage some of that technology as well. So, it is a very, very good light mask. The European pros that have been using them for some time have been raving to me about them. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be, they, they um, I'll have more on that kind of as I continue to test and I'm going to do some features on it. But yeah. it's um, but it's a really, really good one. And there's honestly masks, well, and it's all true for all of goalie. There is, after you kind of get through the big boys, there is a huge, wonderful kind of rich group of medium smaller medium-sized companies that make really 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 good masks that are out there um you have otney and uh, sport yeah. mask recently partnered up so they're not making they're making masks together i have oh one. no way i didn't know yeah. that yeah so they um and they i have one of their mage style timmy thomas uh masks the combo i love 
Um, yeah. They are coming up with a new one, and I'm going to forget the name. It's like the Pro X or something like that that some pros have used that, that, are, that are, people are really hot on. Uh, mm-hmm. You've seen Coveted uh, has made some um, inroads at the pro level. A couple mm-hmm. of guys are uh, wearing them. Casacalo, uh, Casacu, I always forget his, how to pronounce his name. Kesku. He's wearing a Coveted uh, combo two-piece now. Uh, uh, Malcolm Subban is wearing one of theirs. So there is a I, – I always don't count those out. Now, there's a, here we go with the beginning of the conversation with Warrior. There's, there is challenges on the medium size, smaller size companies because they will not get the heck approvals and things like that. It's a very expensive process. And technically with goalie masks, to get certified masks, you, you can't have them be custom. So Pro's Choice is one of the most common masks worn at the NHL. It is not a certified mask because when you go through the testing process, every mask has to be the same. You mm-hmm. change the mask, then you theoretically could change the underlying safety uh, protection uh, capabilities. So um, some of those smaller, medium-sized companies want to customize for their, their clients and also don't have the capital to go through that whole process. Uh, they don't want to mass-produce masks. They, want to, they really want to fit it to the individual client. That means they don't get a certification. Mom and dad see that, well, Johnny's mask isn't certified. It must not be good, so I can't, I'm not going to buy him that. So it's, a, it's this constant like, uh, you know, uh, education that needs to be done um for uh for for these people um in terms of kind of uh their awareness of certain mask brands it's just like uh they are with uh, some some gear brands yeah well it's almost like the like you just the sticks have gotten significantly better and like play, players barely like even in pro now like the guys are using 75 flexes they barely need to to move into it right and we're sitting ducks in the net with these you know i, I mean i don't want to go as far as saying crappy but you know, there's there just hasn't been a lot of innovation. So I'm just curious, like where and when do you think we'll see a significant improvement and sort of uh, that we're adapting to the current environment with sticks, right? Like, what's, yeah, what's I mean, I, with I think it's a, I think it's a very very fair point in terms of that's that's always been the it's always been the rallying cry of goalies, right? And they keep saying, oh well, you know, um, just, just give them woods the players wood sticks again if you really want to, you know, affect a you know, affect things. And, and, and you're right. It's this goalie masses have had to respond to the ever increasing velocity of shots. And now, you know, again, when I was younger, two guys on my team could really rip it. And now it's like every single person can just because they're, yeah, they're leveraging everyone. that flex. And it, it does take a time while to catch up. I will say that again, you know, back when I was at CCM a couple of years ago, they were, very, very, very serious two years ago about uh, the amount of resources they were devoting to mass technology. And we're starting to see that now with the Axis. That was about two years ago. So it's about the right life cycle. And they were, you know, kind of shared with the depth of testing they were doing. And again, you they literally, you go into these huge labs that these yeah. companies have um, that are specifically, you know, designed to, to assess these things. And again, they're using you know, literal crash test dummies uh, and using that, those data outputs to kind of assess, you know, how do we make this better? So I think we are at the, we are at the beginning of starting to finally seeing that those things to market perhaps this year. I don't want to, I, again, there, all this stuff is so new. It's hard to really evaluate. You need to kind of let it have a little bit further down its life cycle and kind of see how this affects things. Um, But I really feel like, you know, we're really at that point now because again, it's interesting because to your point, people had this, you know, that same rubber text kind of like liners, the liners used to always be the same. It was kind of an afterthought in terms of the masks. 
you know, that all now is just gone out the window. They, 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 there is a whole kind of subspecialty around well, how exactly are we setting up the liners or what materials are we using and things like that. And all the company's liners are completely different. So again, I think that they're, they're definitely doing everything they can. And I think we're just, we're now finally starting to see that, that catch up. Do you think, I'm just curious. So basically that's what you're saying is like, that's where the major leaps are being made is in that lining. Do you think at any point we maybe change the shape of it or anything like that? I think it's, I think it's both. I think they are changing the, they are changing the molding too. Um, so I, I don't want to say that the, uh, the molds themselves as well. They are, so they are, they're making changes to those um, at, at the same time, but in terms of the shapes, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's challenging because, and I did a, I did a piece on this about a year ago. They, they talked about the pros that were getting concussions. And, they, you know, there were two kind of narratives to it. It was, one, how many times these pros are getting concussions from shots from their own teammates in practice, which was a very high percentage, which was insane. Um, and then number two, how often, how often were the concussions related to a player crashing into them versus actually the puck impact? And that's, I think, probably from a design perspective, the greatest challenge these companies have. A football helmet, you have to worry about the, you know, you can kind of identify all the different ways that a guy might get hit on a, on his football helmet. With with a goalie mask, it's, okay, the puck impact on a guy's knee to your temple, uh, who's going, you know, he's going 40 miles per hour. Those are completely different from a physics perspective um, mm-hmm. and how you can account for one versus another. So um, could we see sh- uh, uh, changes to the shape? I, yeah, I think it's... I think it's possible. I, I don't know exactly what the solution is. I don't think it's a quick and obvious one. Otherwise, it would have been done by smarter people than I. Uh, a billion dollar question. Yeah, right. Um, but I think that that's from a from a how do we if you say this? Okay, we need to reduce goalie concussions. I think everyone can can agree. Yeah, but even then, just trying to figure out the genesis of those concussions come a different several different ways, yeah. and that makes it that much harder of a problem. Yeah. Yeah, well, I want to take a bit of a step back and just have a bit of a discussion of, you know, where you think maybe gear's going and, um, you know, the equipment shape. Do you think the materials will? Because obviously from even when I was a kid in the 90s to now, you know, the gear has changed so dramatically. And I feel like every decade sort of has a a new face to gear. So where do you think going into into the next decade, maybe some projections of where you see gear heading in terms of material and shape? Um, in, ter- in terms of material and shape, um, I think or anything else that you might think. Yeah. Um, so in terms of material, yeah, I think that you know it's it's amazing and uh, how the construction of the gear has changed so much. Even just generational generationally, uh, you know, Glenn Hall used to wear when he was playing with the St. Louis Blues, wore literally a Stan Musial first baseman's glove with a cuff sewn on it. And we're talking, you know, this was 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, and you look at that versus where we are today and it's, it's, it's incomprehensible how, how far we've advanced. Um, I think that, but even today, and it was only a few years ago that pads were still basically gen pro and foam sewn together and some plastic for the gloves and the blocker, um, with a, throw some leather straps on it. You call it a day. That is all going by the wayside. It has become very, very obvious. The yeah. technology that the companies are putting in there in terms of um, the interior foams. I think the big innovation that Bauer made when they came through the Odin one, their Odin project was to develop this Cortec technology um, and saying, okay, Gen Pro is gone. 
We are now using a material that we believe is slides better, has a firmer face that we can print on and actually print the imaging into the uh, material, which has a prof has a completely changed custom graphics. Um, I think that was, you know, again, being way ahead of their time and a harbinger of things to come because then you also immediately started seeing these companies trying to get their own proprietary kind of weaves yeah. and other, you got speed skin isn't a weave, but CCM has got speed skin. Uh, you know, Brian's has Primo, which is, is somewhat similar to a weave, but it's its own material. And all these companies, um, Vaughn has one that's that my name, that name's escaping me. Um, yeah. Everyone's kind of going to that. So I think you have that. I think that in terms of shape, again, looking at how the gear has changed, uh, how the position has changed because of the gear and what the gear, how the changes in the gear have allowed the changing of the position. So once you put knee blocks into pads, you allowed goalies to drop, not only drop in the butterfly, but all of a sudden butterfly slides could happen. Mm -hmm. And that has now an integral part of the game. And so now you have people like Warrior who looked at the knee block and that section of the pad that was meeting the ice and the calf uh, wing and, and things like those areas and started developing their own um, unique shapes and actually kind of beveled out. You ever look at the, uh, the, the, the G5s, or the, yeah. or the G4s, or the G4s, I believe. They actually beveled out um, the knee block area uh, and the and the calf area, and I'm trying to remember the name. And it's just escaping me right now. And you now mm -hmm. see it again with uh, with their um, air slide. That's it. Uh, you nice. now see it with their G5. So I mean, I think that's the kind of level of thinking uh, you're you should expect, and kind of these these fundamental differences and changes yeah. in terms of the experience. Though I think what I think the biggest and most obvious thing we're going to see in terms of just the goalie gear experience is going to probably also at a retail level. I think that just because yeah. of in general, brick and mortar stores, just because of just the way the world is today and just the way people shop differently, um, yeah. brick and mortar stores have become less prevalent. But for, for, for goalie, even more specifically than just high, than in, generally in hockey gear, it's a huge investment for retail stores to have to purchase so much inventory upfront uh, yeah. so they can have it on their shelves so that when you know uh, little Susie needs a new set of pads, you hope that you have the right size and right colorway there. Uh, and that's tough. Uh, and it requires, again, it requires a tremendous investment. Um, and, you know, knowing that, okay, well, 30% of this in two years is not going to sell or whatever that number yeah. is. And we're going to have to turn around and we're going to have to then, you know, uh, sell at a discount. Oh, that's, um, yeah. It puts a lot of pressure on them. Uh, so I think that experience is going to change. I think with, you are starting to see some retailers do it. I think that with the amount of customization that is possible now with gear, I think it is going to be less about Susie going to the store and saying, great, they have a set of my size pads in my colorway here. I think it's going to be much more about, okay, this is the company I want uh, because this has the specs I want and I'm going to be able to order this colorway and change this one little spec this way and it's going to arrive at my door in mm -hmm. you know eight weeks for bauer i think they're going to trim i think companies and i i'm this is maybe five years maybe 10 years down the road they're going to optimize their processes enough that they're going to trim that yeah. down where you're like look in two weeks you're going to have that that's the whole custom graphic your name into it and, and everything and that's going to keep that inventory uh, from that resource from having to carry that inventory and it's yeah. going to be allowed for even more personalized experience for the client yeah no i i think about that too i'm like because i think like vaughn at one point like last like yeah 
I went in and they were like, yeah, anything bond or like at least 14 weeks. I'm like, oh. and that's, that's still short. I mean, I know other companies have gone well North of that. Um, that's wow. tough. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I have this thing in my head and I just wanted to run it by you, but mm-hmm. a part of the gear that I still feel like, you know, we talk about the helmet and all these other things, but is uh, for me, it's sort of the gloves is yeah. that, we still are in this awkward fan your wrists out and fan your wrists down glove wrist position. And um, from just, just from my own playing experience, I'm noticing a lot more goalies are going toward a more of what we call a neutral wrist position. And I just curious if you ever think that maybe they'll, they'll change the shape of the glove or something like that to, to uh, promote a more neutral wrist position within goalies. So you don't have that awkwardness. That's interesting because, yeah, when when Lefebvre and other French Canadian gear makers, I'm thinking like Paso and others, when they when they were coming up with the gloves, really initially in twenty ish years ago, they tended to make gloves that had a ninety degree break closure, so like the equivalent in in CCM lexicon, like a five eighty. And the logic was, okay, you're gonna be ke- you're gonna be dropping on a butterfly, and you're gonna be catching the puck over your pad. Um, and try to make a shape that's conducive kind of to that motion to the side of your body. Um, and then as goalies started rotating their hands more upward, as you said, they, people started to really prefer to prefer a more, uh, you almost were holding your glove like a first baseman. And so you started seeing goalies that were saying, I like a more baseball glove style feel. So like a, like a 60 degree type closure, the 590 again in CCM, uh, the Vapor in, uh, in Bauer, et cetera. Um, and that became very, very prevalent. And then you, then you found some more guys that were kind of in the middle with a 75 degree, um, and some, so, so can, does hand position, how you catch the puck, can it be affected by, um, your hand placement things like that? Yeah, I think so. Now where my, that whole theory that I just said completely seems to be going sideways is how the popularity of the, the CCM 580 has been. As of late, it, it, I, I, it wasn't until recently I started appreciating how many pros have gone to the 580. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got Bennington, you've Holtby, Markstrom, uh, Bobrovsky. These are guys that are literally rallying off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, and it's actually become much more popular. I actually got a 580 this year for my Axis. The, the stock is a 590. Yeah. But I was like, I want to try. I'm gonna, what the, what's ever, and, so, um, and so does... You know, and I'm and I kind of hold mine a little bit more up, kind of a la Bennington, which I sh- theoretically, with what I was saying, should be more of a sixty degree kind of. Uh, but I think goalies, it's about you know where you're kind of catching the puck in the air and and th- yeah. and things like that. I, I I always say though, the what will happen, what I'm hoping happens, and what naturally will happen is as goalie coaches, you know, as experts like you that are they're teaching, uh, you know, and, and uh, goalies you know, about the position and things like that, as you all start really helping goalies find a more natural hand position that makes sense from a technical perspective, the gear will get there because goalies will find a glove that works for them when using that correct technique and they stop thinking about that glove. If the second they stop thinking about it, once it becomes a tool that they don't think about, then that's it. That's when you found the right one. Um, and uh, that's when, you know, that's when you know uh, that you know that'll become the more more common one. So yeah, yeah, glove breaks are a big a big kind of weird topic. Oh man, I buddy, I had the worst nightmares in college with glove breaks. Like really, I I I got 
like they're like I had the I had a 580 and then I wanted to get like I got the premiere uh I think it was the one uh or something I can't even remember what it was what it had in college it was like what Corey Crawford had what what wasn't that premiere yeah you uh, the p2s yeah yeah the okay. p2 that's what they were excuse me excuse okay. me um and and I, they're like yeah we can put the p2 on you know like the 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 graphic on this model and basically i went from a 580 to 600 and i didn't realize it until like the season was over and every single puck i caught went off of my thumb and almost broke my hand in half uh the it, but I, I I haven't gotten back to a 580 and when I was in juniors and we had like a really successful season that was the glove I had and I it felt so comfortable and uh, I still haven't gone back to that. It was a shame that Bauer didn't have it. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I will say I I I had this discussion uh, with another group of goalies and um, they all work uh, at, at Pro Skate and they asked you know what are you what are you testing right now I, and they asked me what model CCM I got. I mentioned that I got a 580 and they were just ecstatic. Like, yes, it's the best one, which is hysterical. <laughs> um, but I told them, I said, I love it. It's, it's great. I said, but I will say the ultrasonic, the glove, the trapper this year is absolute butter. It is the best glove Bauer has made by far. I thought I love the vapor and almost, I just fell madly love the ultrasonic. I didn't even have to break it in. And it's like a 75 ish degree glove. So you would think more like a 600, but, but the, the feel of that glove and the closure is really? so phenomenal. I, uh, it is, it is unreal, but I will say I, I having, and now I'm kind of, like I said, testing more of the 580, um, and I'm going, Oh, why on earth did I wait like seven some odd years to try one of these again? Um, so definitely worth trying out again, cause I'm watching what I, I, I always say pros, like I said, are a lagging indicator on yeah. where gear is going. But the fact that I'm like, well, hold on, how is that? How is the prevalence of it becoming increasing? Like what's right. the underlying it, reason? And I kind of put it on. I went, oh, yep, yep, yep. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Well, before we get out of here, mm -hmm. I know you got a jet, but I'm just curious what your biggest gear hack is to date um, that can help people with their performance. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that a couple things. Um, definitely in terms of um, the people that are using, still using like skate lace toe ties. And so toe ties are interesting um and it might be the same as yours um yeah. but toe ties are interesting in the sense that i think people now know you don't tie your toe ties super tight but the problem you always run into it's, it's just like we we're talking about earlier kind of this dual mandate you tie your skate lace toe ties super tight pad's going to respond really well you point your toe you skate the pad's going to come with you there's going to be no lag but you try to butterfly and it's going to put a lot of strain on your ankle it's going to put a lot of strain on your knee um, they put a lot of slack in there. All of a sudden you're dragging the pad around with you. You're not getting the response, but you're not getting that pressure, which is again the trade off. Elastic toe ties are huge. And again, this is actually a data point. Again, boy, you know, am I a nerd? This is actually the data point that I, um, track at the pro level nice. and again, lagging indicator. Um, but that you can, you can clearly see them, um, really adopting it. There is a huge cottage industry of companies that are now offering, um, uh, elastic toe tights. And what was interesting, I want to say it was, oh boy, was it last year or this year? I think it might have been last year was the first year that all of the companies, I, in fact, I think it was last year, all of the companies now as a stock toe option, it was elastic. It yeah. was, um, 
So uh, it, it, that was very, very, very interesting. So they, they, again, usually did laces as, as, um, as, an, as, an, as an option, as, with an elastic option. I think that's number one. Um, and then number two is, um, I think, strapping. I think uh, people don't take it seriously enough. I think that people – I have a whole thing on my um, uh, page about, you know, what are, the, what are the differences in strapping and how that affects things and how it affects pads if you – you know, take your elastic for your knee and go across, you go down to your calf. How does that change things? I think people are starting to really see the, um, the value of that. Uh, and yeah. I, I always, I am always telling people, you know, play around with that. Definitely, definitely go there. And then it's like a true hack. And I actually have a goalie gear nerd hacks section on my, on my, nice. uh, on my uh, site um, is <laughs> about breaking in gloves. Um, people still, their, 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 their darn trappers are not broken in. And they can't yeah. catch a puck. And there's um, my version's a little bit different. Um, it's I think it's it's a little bit uh, it's easier in some ways, but essentially involves uh, either a traditional or a skate oven um, using a warm washcloth, putting it in there, and then actually taking some clamps and actually compressing it closed. And you mm. can actually do that over and over and over again. And you can actually um, do the compression piece again after every time you get off the ice, and it creates a real nice seam in the foam, which helps with the closure. Um, and that's something that I'm, you know, again, probably one of the most common questions I get during Q and A's is how do I break in my glove? And so that I, I lay that on the side as very specific process that, that I, yeah. I typically recommend. Or you use blood, sweat, and tears, baby, like that's old right. school, you know? That's right. It's I guess for guys like with weak forearms for me, you know, I didn't have the hand strength, so I had to come up with something, uh, some other kind of cheat. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Just quick question before we head out. Mm-hmm. The elastic toe tie thing. Yeah. Uh, do you think that there's like a loss of power from that? Like when you're pushing against it, it's sort of giving a bit. So do you think that affects performance at all? Yeah. And again, it's, it's definitely a balance. Cause I think that there's something to be said for a static lace, like a skate lace. Um, yeah. yeah. You're going to get, you talked about earlier from a physics perspective, you're going to not lose any force when you do that. The problem you run into again, though, is that you, with that lack of lack of elasticity, you're putting pressure on the joints and the ankles and things like that. So it, it is it is definitely a trade off. I think that elastics, if you're someone who is willing to put, you know, you had Bobrovsky up until recently, just like I forgot how many knots into his toe tie yeah. uh, to get his skate all the way down to the ice. It, it was like, well, the pad is just swinging around, like it's it's almost ridiculous even having a toe tie at this point. Um, the elastic is to say, okay, well, let's give it a little bit more responsiveness than right. a ridiculous amounts of right. knots. If it's really about responsiveness, yeah, I mean, it's laces and, and shorter knots will definitely get you there. Yeah. Well, uh, well, buddy, you have any last words of advice? I know it's been a long one, but uh, you know that you feel passionate about sharing. No, I, I really, I, one first and foremost, you know, I, I'm I'm grateful that we live in this time, right? Because as I said, when I was growing up. We only had, you know, the hockey catalogs and, you know, the goalie coaches that I had were the, you know, the week uh, during the summer that I got to, uh, you know, go to a, uh, go to a goalie camp. Uh, is when I could be around just goalies and actually learn a bit about technique. So I'm grateful that there's people like you that are doing what you do uh, and that we have, you know, these, this kind of these resources that are out there. So, um, you know, I, 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 I am extremely appreciative for any of, to anyone that, uh, uh, you know, is, is, you know, interested in, in what I'm doing. Uh, I certainly am extremely appreciative of the fact that uh, you'd have me on today in terms of, of, you know, advice and gear stuff, keep trying stuff out. You know, don't be afraid. Don't be 
just because you heard someone had some experience with certain brand or what have you, don't give up on that. Try new stuff again, whenever possible, do your research. Don't listen to one person uh, and try to find, you know, hopefully an informed voice out there. There's a lot of people that think they know what they're talking about that don't. So uh, definitely go out there and try to get a lot of different opinions and hopefully a couple of informed ones uh, too, when, uh, when making your decisions and, and try new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate the kind words and, and I love that we finally got a gear segment in and such a sick episode, getting your personal expertise insight, you know, yeah. into, into the status of goaltending gear and, and what's, you know, there, what's better out there than, uh, than having you on the King of goalie gear. So can you just letting, let my audience know where they can find you online? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, Instagram and Twitter is at goalie gear nerd. Uh, and then, um, uh, goaliegearnerd.com is the dot com. Um, and again, we're going to be putting a lot more content on the website. Uh, that's about only about six months old, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that we have on Instagram, uh, and Twitter. And I, I can be reached at goaliegearnerd at gmail.com if you want to speak to me directly. Yeah. Well, go, go check out GGN. He's been a leader in the gear space, you know, for, for in the, in the gear review space for years now. And, and I know he'll continue to provide the goalie community with tons of gear insights. Like you alluded to everybody stays in their lane and it's all free info online that helps people get better. Right. But, uh, you know, maybe somewhere down the road, we'll have you back on the show. If that interests you, man. Absolutely. would love to come back. All right, man. Well, I'm grateful for, for you coming on, buddy. Stay safe. Take care. We'll chat soon, man. Thank you. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. Make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. as I have the owner and creator of the famous Vector Ball and 20-year Special Forces veteran John Lindsay coming on the show next week. We dive deep into military and special forces training and how exactly to unlock the power of your mind. I love this conversation we had and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So make sure to tune back next week. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for the NeuroTracker X subscriptions we're giving away every week. And to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. If you guys are also interested in getting started with the product, feel free to hit me up either by email or on Instagram direct messages to get more details. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.